when you're thinking about creating a business maybe, or changing a career, ending a relationship or whatever it may be for you going back to school when you're 50, who cares when anybody thinks just do it. My fitness apparel line, I thought of, I want to say probably 15 years ago and just kept pushing it off and pushing it off. And then it wasn't until this January and I've had it on my vision board for years. And I just look at it and I'm like, someday, maybe someday, maybe finally this January, I was like, enough is enough. Make it happen. And six months later, here we go. Launched my active wear line. And I am so happy. This is actually Take a sip and grab a seat, cause this is it. Hello, happy Thursday or Friday or Saturday or Sunday, whatever day you're listening to this on. I've changed rooms. Can you tell? Does it sound different? I think I need to get a carpet in here. I am now sitting instead of standing because why was I standing? That makes no sense. Thank you so much for being here. Every single time you choose to spend your time with me, listen, it is not lost on me at all. I don't take it for granted. I appreciate every single minute, and I'm incredibly grateful. Today's chat is with a new friend. I think I can call her that. Her name is Michelle Wolf, and she's pretty awesome. I think she found me first, or maybe it was me who found her. It doesn't matter. It's currently an internet friendship, but I hope that changes at some point. Michelle's story is pretty special, and like all of us, she has a lot of story to give. Her mom died of cancer when Michelle was just a little girl. Michelle was a massage therapist. She's done a lot of self-development and mindset work, and I would say that she probably credits that to being a big part of living a healthy and full life. She has a podcast called Move Forward, M-U-V-E, And she's created a community where people can share stories and connect with other people who are going through the same thing or something different. She's all about health and wellness, nutrition, positive mindsets, and she just launched a line of activewear, so she's doing all the things. Normally, for my one-on-one chats, I tell stories in between the questions and answers, but this was just one of those conversations that flowed from one thing to the next so easily So I'm just going to let it play, and I really hope it feels like you're listening in on Two Friends Chatting. This is Michelle Wolf, actually. I always start by asking my guests to tell me a story about their childhood that defines who they are. I always find that I get just such a broad spectrum of answers, and I love it. Your mom passed away when you were eight years old. Can you tell me what you remember from that time and whether it's had and what kind of impact it's had on you? Oh yeah. I I remember bits and pieces. I mean, I do remember it all. I feel like, but I feel like as I'm getting older, bits and pieces are coming up and into my life and it has definitely impacted my life. 1000%. Like you go from having a mother who's very involved and amazing and supportive and all of the things, and then they're gone. You know, they're just, they're not a part of your life anymore. So I remember it being a really tricky time. I remember, I remember just like not, not knowing what that meant really even like, I always thought she was still alive. She was just with a family who needed her more. Like I was good. I was very independent. She raised us so well. And I just, I I remember just thinking like, I know that she's with a family who needs her because she's amazing. 
And so you just, you just get on with it, right? Like looking back, I see where, you know, I didn't have support for things. You know, I remember even like when I first got my period, I just used my sister's tampons. I had to go swimming the next day. And I was like, well, guess got to figure this out. And I didn't, didn't tell my sister, didn't tell my dad, didn't tell anybody, aunts, uncles, friends, nobody. And I just put in the tampon. And it was a year later where my sister was like, hold on have you been using the tampons? Because they've been disappearing. And I'm like, yeah, like a year ago. <laughs> oh my God. It's just, just had to teach yourself. Yeah. So it's, that has definitely impacted my life to make me a stronger and more independent person, even though I always, always was, but I also looked at the world very differently than other people. And my friends even say it now. They're like, we knew you were different. We knew that you felt different. And we just didn't know what that was. They were all giddy, silly, funny. And I was serious, but I was thinking about what groceries I had to buy after school. I had other things on my mind. I had to take care of a household. And then I look now at my stepdaughter, my full-time daughter, because her mom actually passed away when she was seven. I was eight. She was seven from the same similar cancer. And I look now and I'm learning so many things about myself as a child now, because I'm reliving the whole circumstance. I can see where I feel weird giving her support in certain ways or almost, I I had this time where I was almost like jealous of her and upset that she wasn't being the way that I thought she should be because I was looking at myself, right? Like you should be more, you should be stronger. You need to, you need to be able to get through this or you're not going to survive. Like you need to know how to do this. And I would get mad inside my head even though I knew all I wanted to do was love her and support her. And I went through trauma therapy actually to figure out how to get through that because I didn't really realize what was happening. Long story short, I didn't feel as supported as a child. And now I can provide that for my stepdaughter. So it's been a really beautiful journey. And as much as it's been hard and tough and terrible and sad and all of those things, it has made me who I am. And it was the biggest blessing as well, because now I can help my stepdaughter in ways that nobody else can. That is incredible that you both lost your mom at around the same age and that you have now been given this role. It's a testament to the things that happened to us in our childhood. And even as adults that are traumatic, there's always something that comes out from that. There's always a lesson. I don't know, you know, it takes longer to find it for certain people in certain situations, but there's always something. And that is such a gift for both of you. I mean, it's a gift for her, obviously, that you are the person that went through this and you can actually, actually relate, not just say, I totally get it, but actually relate. And then also what a gift for you to be able to sort of relive that and see it from different eyes. Oh my gosh. And, and understand your childhood a little bit more. Mm-hmm. It's been very healing for me in so many ways. And I would never have expected that, but you know, you get thrown into a position that you don't even realize what it's going to do. And, and motherhood in general brings back past traumas, but it really just gave me my past trauma just right there. And then, so <laughs> gosh, what were you like as a teenager? Ooh, great question. So I was definitely free spirited. I mean, I think I've always been that way, but I, I luckily didn't have a lot of rules, which is really good because I'm a rebel. 
And I don't know that I would have done very well with rules. So looking back, I'm like, I probably would have had some like beef with my mom because a mom is very like more controlling and that sort of thing where my dad wasn't, he was either in the fields because he, he's a very hardcore farmer. Him and his brother took over the farm when their dad died when they were 15. And so right now, even at this season, he wakes up and is in the field sometimes at five 30 in the morning and doesn't get home until two in the morning, you know, there's a busy season in there. And then also he had a girlfriend who I didn't really get along with. She's not as open and not as motherly as uh, my mom was. And so that was a bit tricky, but he was always at her house. And so I was always at home alone. So as a teenager, I was able to freely do what I wanted to do. And I was a really good kid. I never got into drugs, but I definitely got into alcohol and I drank like a fish. So I was the girl on the dance floor, jumping up and down like three, four, five hours straight. First one at the party and the last one at the party. And a lot of people just couldn't even tell that I would be drunk. They're like, that's just Michelle. She's just fun. Like if I was sober or if I was drunk that. So very free spirited, but also I think it was challenging because I also had this side of having to be independent. I never got help from my dad. I didn't want help from my dad. I made sure that I paid everything on my own from like, I think I was 15 when I made that decision. You will not pay for my clothes. He paid for the food and I had a car and I was very grateful for that living on a farm in the middle of nowhere, independent, free spirited, and just very happy. Like I was a happy kid. That's really good. I mean, considering everything that you sort of had been through and that you could find that. And also that you didn't go down. You hear so many stories of people that go down really dark paths when they, you know, lose a parent, especially a mom, I think early on, or they have a traumatic experience early on. So the fact that you could sort of regulate yourself in that way is pretty impressive. It sounds like you were raising yourself for the most part. I mean, maybe also having a hardworking dad. I mean, bless the farmers of the world. I've always said, I say to my kids all the time, girls, Farmers, we have to give gratitude all the time because I wouldn't, we wouldn't survive without them, obviously. Yeah. And being able to, I guess, see him as a hard worker and get that from him. But then also your mom clearly set you up in those first eight years of your life. I mean, that's pretty impressive and a testament to her. Yeah. And she was that like, she worked at my aunt's flower shop, but also she plowed the field and she had dinner on the table and she, she was the figure skating president. She was the 4-H club president. Like she was involved with everything and she, she was a go-getter and she, she, I know that she pulled through a lot of my family members. Like when they would be down, she'd be that one to be like, come on, let's go. So she raised us well. And I'm very grateful for that because we needed it. If we didn't have that, I could have been that person who ended up on the streets or doing drugs or, you know, in the wrong crowd. And I'm so grateful that that did not happen. When did you first start having an interest in body health, mental health? Like what was the first thing that you did to sort of lean into that direction in your life? So that was the the catalyst. When my mom died, I just thought to myself, why, why did this happen? We eat generally pretty good. She has many siblings and none of them have had cancer. There's just no explanation. I just don't understand it. So research, research, research. I read, I listened. I just like dove into it hard. I had an aunt 
who loved to travel and who was a vegetarian. And I was very interested in her and her lifestyle because it was very different from the rest of us who were on the farm or whatever we were doing in our small community. She moved and traveled and saw the world. So I stopped eating red meat when I was in grade seven because I'd done a lot of research just saying like hearing that it wasn't necessarily the best thing for you. I, I living on a farm, I saw them give antibiotics and things to the pigs. And I just thought to myself, that's interesting because I don't take antibiotics. I have chosen not to take drugs and medication unless necessary. I don't even take Tylenol. So why would I be eating this animal that we are feeding these medications to? So I made the choice to do that to start. And then I had lived in Spain for a while after I got home from Spain, I chose to eliminate all meat. And I will say now I do have a little bit of fish. I have some salmon and things like that, just because I feel like my body is needing it. But that was the beginning of the interest and being an athletic woman with like a strong build. I was just very mindful that my body wasn't happy. And, you know, I had eczema, I had cold sores, I had different things. And I just became very curious, very interested of like, why, why is this happening? So it took many, many years to get to a place where I was like, okay, I get it. I get my body doesn't like this or that. And, you know, if I do too much of that, it's not good for me. But now I feel like I'm at a really beautiful place where it's nothing to do with my size. It is only to do with the way that I feel and the way that my body functions. And it feels freaking fabulous when I don't care about the way that my, <laughs> you know, the way that I look or the, the number on the scale. It's just all about living a really long life and being as healthy as I can and being that model to my child. It has been ugh, a journey, but a beautiful one. <laughs> my mom was a slave to the scale. That's a, you know, I think it was that time, right? It was the time that thin was in and all, everything was about losing weight and diets and fad diets and whatever. And I, I never subscribed to it. I was always really, I was super stick skinny. I never got boobs. I was always like super, you know, like a string bean really. So of course for me, the scale, I was just like, I don't, I don't get it, but that was just such a culture that I was raised in. And I remember, I think we hid the scale on her a couple of times. Like my sister and I were like, Oh, like it's just a number. And what's funny now, I just had this conversation with a girlfriend. I'm the biggest I've ever been because I'm in perimenopause. I've had two children, but I also feel the best I've ever felt. Mm -hmm. So, and again, looking at the number, the number's the biggest it's ever been, but that's because my body's changing and it's shifting and I'm not skinny. And I'm so happy for all the body positivity messages that are out there now on social media, but I can see how when you're raised in a certain way and in a certain time and culture, what have you how that can really affect you, obviously. And having daughters, my goodness, like that, that's the scariest part of sort of that whole culture of going by a number and not how you feel in your body, because your body knows your body always knows it will tell you how it feels exactly what you're saying. Like you feel like you need fish. So you have fish or you feel like you need greens or your body always tells you what it needs. If you can just really listen to it. I've really found that later in life. I've been able to listen to it a little bit more. Oh yeah. I had a time, not like maybe five, six, seven, eh, it was probably eight years ago. I had eczema all the way down my back of my legs 
and it was so bad that I was like bleeding because I would scratch it at night and it was so bad and so itchy and so painful. And luckily it was the winter time, but I remember there was like a wedding and I was like, oh my God, I have to wear pants. Like it's that bad. And so I went to a natural path and she was really beautiful to help me figure out like why this was happening. And, um, and I learned so much from just even that experience. Cause I didn't really realize that certain foods that I was eating, it was really toxic in that way. But you know, when you, when you don't have a mom at a certain age, especially like as a teenager or somebody even just like paying attention for somebody like myself, I'm, I love food. I love food. I got into some really terrible habits and I just, I, you know, when you don't have somebody there supporting you and teaching you, yeah, there's a lot of things that I didn't learn until I was older, but each time I get sick, even like right now, my daughter has a double ear infection. I'm like, why did this happen? (laughs) You're on top of it. (laughs) Right. I'm like, this is not okay. And you know what? I was like, oh my gosh, we have gotten into a really bad habit of eating, letting her, not me, I never eat it, but letting her have boxed foods and we're on the run a lot. So like grabbing stuff, can we maybe shift a few things because clearly her gut health is not okay, which is likely why she has a ear infection, which some people can agree with that or not, but believe me, I've done a lot of research. Okay. She's done the research. She's pulled out the encyclopedias. <laughs> I trust you. <laughs> so it's just, it's always a learning, you know, and I'm not hard on myself for it. It's just like, okay, cool. Let's shift some stuff up now. It's time to learn what's going on here and let's fix this. Oh, I totally love that. I took the girls to Mexico the couple of years before COVID for Christmas. And we met this guy there. He was there with his whole family and we'd see him at breakfast. And I don't remember why, but we started talking about just home life, I guess. And he was asking them like, oh, is your mom a good cook? Like, what is she making? Oh, my mom's the best cook. We have frozen chicken fingers and frozen fries. And I looked for going, what are you? It was craft dinner. She started naming all these things with which, yes, hello, we do. But I also make fresh meals, but I died. I was like, okay, but also, and then I went, oh, forget it. Just say what you're going to say, but everything in moderation, I guess. <laughs> oh my God. It's so tricky. You know, you can control it up to a certain point. Like I was pureeing all the fruits and veggies when they were babies and they were fully like eating avocado plain. And I, I bring it up all the time. Like they would eat beets. Like they loved beets when they were toddlers and I couldn't even, so I have a friend that is now a grown woman with her own children. And she said that she ate five, was it five items? I think from the time she could feed herself literally until she was 20. (laughs) She said it was awful. It caused her parents so much stress. And now she's an amazing eater and she's healthy and she, you know, gives her kids healthy food. So she said it does eventually all come out in the wash. I try to remember that in those moments, because I think there's a real period where yummy fresh food for some kids doesn't feel as delicious as the other. And it's just not what they're going to choose. So I really try not to be too hard on myself for being the best craft dinner cook in the world, but (laughs) (laughs) sneak a few things in there this week. I made her smoothies and I'm like, there's no question. I don't care what you say. I don't care how much you do not like them. Although they actually taste really good. Listen, you're drinking them and yeah, there's spinach in there. Mm Mm-hmm. I put zucchini. I grate zucchini. There is constantly a zucchini in my fridge. Cause I figure if nothing else, I can grate that thing into everything. Like I can put it into banana chocolate chip, banana bread, but yep. I can also throw it in pasta or the stir fry or the tomato sauce or whatever it is. So there's constantly a zucchini just being grated into things. I figure it's got to count for something. I don't know. <laughs> Better than nothing. <laughs> 
I would say that you are on a mission to live a very healthy and fulfilled life, obviously, by what uh, we've been talking about. And I think that it is easy for some people, but certainly not for others. If you had to choose only one thing in your life that encompasses it the best, (laughs) or even as a starting place, like for someone who would feel overwhelmed by the idea of it, what is the one thing that you would choose? I would say my non-negotiable. And the one thing that makes me feel so good is walking. So movement in general, but a good long walk, it can be slow or fast, whatever feels good for you. It, you know, if I've eaten bad, it helps me digest things. If I have something going on in my life that is really emotional or challenging, it really resets my brain and my mindset. And it gets us out into nature, which is so beautiful. You know, if I'm not sleeping well, it allows me to see the sun and to be able to like reset my, what is it? Circadian rhythm. (laughs) I always mess up that word. So I would say walking, like I do 45 to two hours of walking every single day. If I can't get outside for some reason, I'm chicken of the cold weather. I will be honest of that. So sometimes it happens on the treadmill, but without doubt, I have to be walking at some point. So if you can't, or if you don't feel like changing your, your food or drinking more water, I don't understand you. Please do that. (laughs) Just Like, first of all, I don't understand you, but also... (laughs) But I would say the number one thing, like even when I'm all on a holiday and I'm like eating all the junk, when you're out of rhythm or whatever, for some reason, it's the walking. I'm like, I just need to move my body and I'm good. So I would, that, that is my number one thing. Just walk. I was just reading last night, something about when you're fully in anxiety, walk outside, like literally step outside your door. We got the dog almost two years ago now. And she has been a lifesaver for me. I never would have been outside as much as I am. And it's a game changer. Walking away from things, like you're saying, even like digestion. Yeah, that is such a great tip. Everything that I have done is about movement. I have Move Life as my fitness apparel line. Move Forward is my podcast. Everything has that word move in it. I was a massage therapist. And when I work on somebody, I think of movement. I'm moving things through their body. My mission in life has been not to get cancer. I'll be very open about that. Clearly, I don't want that. That's the way my mom died. I'm 37. So I made it past 35. That was a tough year. And she was 35 when she died, but I made it so far. So I'm doing good. And my, my main thing, like I said, though, is to not get cancer. And what I see cancer, it is stagnation. It is like that something has not moved, whether that is emotions, whether that is a muscle stiffness, whether that is food stuck in your body. If we have this like stagnation, that is what I think of for cancer. And so flow and movement and getting things going, that to me is like health, wellness. That is good. On the tip of move, it's your move forward is your podcast, M-U-V-E. So two things. Why is move spelled M-U-V-E? And tell me what you talk about. You've done so many episodes. I was so impressed and so inspired by you throwing out two to three episodes a week sometimes, but what do you talk about? What kind of guests do you have? Tell me a little bit about the podcast. 
Okay. So I love how I get this question. Like where did move come from and what does it mean? Well, I hate to say it, but it doesn't really have a full meaning other than movement. And I just wanted to make it fun. <laughs> I love it. There you go. It's a perfect answer. And Do you know what, what you it, <laughs> yeah. And it works. Like it, it really has become me when people see M U V E it's Michelle Wolf. Like that's whose move that is. So, and movement is, like I said, it is everything to me. So move forward is about moving forward from any type of life struggles. I started it in 2019, right after a year of destruction. So I had my nephew passed away and I had my sister's house burnt down. That was actually, I think on new year's, the very last day of the year where I was like, this is the last thing we're done. I had some health scares. My, like my daughter's mom, she passed away from cancer. So, and all this past trauma of mine was coming up and all this stuff. So it was a year of destruction. And I was like, I need to do something to make me feel better. And one of the best ways for me to feel better is by helping other people. And so by sharing my message and by sharing and talking to other beautiful people like yourself, I'm able to share the message that of what other people have been through to helpfully help inspire others, to remind them, to keep going, to remind them of like little things like, move your body, go for a walk. You know, like this conversation is going to inspire somebody to start walking again. And like, we, we forget, we forget, and we need to be reminded. And so that is what the podcast is about. And I have to say a little, little piece of it is obviously from my own benefit is to get to meet amazing people like yourself. Like how cool is that to have conversations with incredible human beings And to hear some of the most impactful things that they've been through, like to me, it's just such a beautiful thing to be able to, to meet these people and to share their story with, with others. It's the best part of it. You would never know these people's stories if you didn't have the conversation and you might never have crossed paths with them in any other way. So yeah, it's very special, very unique, very special. And I love it. What does a hard day look like for you? Do you have hard days? Yeah, I have hard days, but not really hard days. Like I feel like I've really adapted my life to being more chill. So even if a day feels hard, I just see it very differently. So a hard day for me would be, do you say, would you say like a hard day? Like, as in like a busy day? Yeah, that's a hard day. Sure. If I just put a lot on my plate, you know, maybe a few too many podcasts, maybe running around for my daughter, like a lot of it. I feel like a hard day for me is when I haven't put in enough time for me. <laughs> and it's so funny because it still sounds very, I don't know if it's like conceited or like you don't need to be taking so much time for yourself, but I I do. And I know that I need it. Like if I haven't got my walk in, I'm like, you know, a little bit stressed out, but i come to a place where I'm, I'm quite chill. So even when things feel hard or are hard or are busy, I feel like I'm able to just take a breath and just take it one second at a time. Whereas in the past, I probably would have got a little bit more irritated, agitated, maybe frustrated, have a little bit less patience. Whereas now things don't really rub me the wrong way as easily but you know, catch me at the wrong time of the month. And that just might happen. <laughs> That's pretty much my worst. I actually, it was a, just a couple of weeks ago, I was having a day and my friend said, 
not to be that person, but is, are we there? And I was like, yes, we're there. Okay, fine. That's why I feel this way. And also, should I not be done at this point? Um, but yeah, that would be, I think, when my worst days happen. And it's hard. they're hard. Those are tough days. But yeah. I think there's a beauty in getting older and not letting things affect you. Because I used to spin out crazy about things. And I, I definitely don't do that anymore either. Interesting how that happens. I was having this conversation yesterday where like, you know, where you see like somebody in like a retirement home, like the old lady who's just like, doesn't care if her tits out or like, you know, whatever. <laughs> She's just like, I don't give an F about what's happening. And I'm like, I I'm, I'm getting there. Like, I really feel that feel of like, I just don't care what other people think. I really don't care if this doesn't get done. It's not the end of the world. And I'm okay. I'm alive. I'm thriving. I've got people in my life that are thriving and happy and around me and, I'm doing okay. So I can breathe through this and, and I'm okay with that. No need to get so stressed out. <laughs> I love that. My, I've always said, I want to come back as a person who cares less, <laughs> but see you like you said, you're, you're, you're kind of getting there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that comes with getting older and the wisdom of that. Right. I feel like what does a great day look like for you? Mm, a great day looks like a good day looks like getting in my walk, getting in some Pilates, getting in some work, because I truly, truly, truly love podcasting. I love building my business, my active line, my active wear. That's a good day. A great day is if I can do that, but also get to the beach. I love water. Water is like my everything. It is my energy. It just like fills my soul, the beach of some sort. And if a good friend and my daughter and my partner, if, if, if I get some time with them as well in that day, that is a great day. It's a pretty good sounding day. I agree. Beach, always beach forever. <laughs> always and forever. Yeah. I'm, I'm very lucky that we're only 15 minutes away from beach. And so I drive down there all the time. Makes all the sense in the world to me. <laughs> <Got> <laughs> How do we become better individually as a community? Like where are we, where are we? I mean, we're lacking in so many ways. I feel like in, as a community in general, because of the last couple of years, but where can we grow individually and and in a community? Mm, I have a lot of answers for this one. I think a big one is understanding of others, not being so judgmental of others. We're all so different. And I think that that's, what's so beautiful. You know, if somebody messes up or doesn't show up or, you know, something has happened, let's not get so worried about it. What if they have something going on, you know, if, Uh, yesterday I messed up a podcasting time. I thought it was one time, but it was 45 minutes before. And so I missed it. I felt so terrible, but yet my daughter is dealing with a double ear infection. And I woke up at 4am and had a bulging headache. And, you know, it's just like one thing after the next was happening. And I'm like, I hope somebody can have some grace for like why I missed it because things happen, you know? And, and so I think just really understanding that we're all so uniquely different and we all have something going on, whether it's ourselves or our family members. And so just have some more grace for people and just understanding that everybody's so different, you know, I'm going to like different things than you like, and that's okay. That's what's so cool about the world. You know, we're just, we're all so uniquely different. I always said to the girls when they were little, how boring it would be if we were all the same, you know, just let people be who they are and 
don't get riled up about a difference or like you're saying something that happened because you don't know what, what someone's story is. I was, I, I just, something came to me right now. I was at a gym one time. I was like in my early twenties and I was running on the gym, just plain and simple Jane, just as always. And there's a girl beside me who's like wearing Gothic clothes and like has like crazy hair. And she's like getting really low and going slow and then really fast and putting her arms in the air. She's walking on this treadmill and like, just like having like a show, like she's like performing while she's moving her body. And like most people are looking and laughing and I'm like, yes, girl, <laughs> Woo, get it. <laughs> I was just going to say, go for it. Just not caring, not giving a shit what anyone else is thinking. Oh my God, that's the best. I, I say that often. I love the thing, like not giving an F about what anybody else thinks. And it's just like, I don't want to be judging other people and I don't want other people to judge me. And it's so fun. Like, I just, I've always remembered that. And I'm like, she was loving it. She was just having so much fun. And I just think like, if more of us could do that, what a beautiful thing. I take my daughter to the beach sometimes and I'm like, please run, run, put your hands up in the air. And the one time she started screaming and it was, she needed a release. She'd had some like issues with friends at school and she's such a quiet person, but I take her to the beach and she starts to run arms up in the air and she's screaming. And I'm like, wow, that is such a powerful release. She just followed what her body wanted to do. She didn't care if there was other people around or that she'd scare the birds. Like she just let it go. And I'm like, if only we could all do that more. You know, oh my God, be weird and be big and be loud and do all the things. We welcome weird in this family. <laughs> so welcome. <laughs> when was your last great interaction with a stranger? You know what? It was yesterday. And I'll say this was my second interaction with this stranger. There's a man that I see on my walk. I pass him and every morning he has, it's like bright and early in the morning. He has a bag in his hand and he's, I want to say he's in his eighties and he's, you know, a little hunched over, but he's walking strong and he's got a big smile on his face. And one time, maybe a month or two ago, I asked him, I said, where are you headed to? And he said, oh, and he has two coffees, always a tray with two coffees, like McDonald's coffees. And I'm like, where are you headed? Oh, I'm headed to my daughter's house. Every morning I bring her a coffee and a muffin. And it just melted my heart. I just like, I got tingles all over and I'm like, that is such a beautiful soul. And I, I ran into him again yesterday, but it was midday. And he, you know, he told me his name and he asked me mine and he was just so gentle and so sweet. And we had a great little chat and I'm like, you know, this is, this has been really nice just to get to know this man. And I could have just walked right by and not learned about him, but something put a smile on my face, you know, just having a little chat with him. And, and I just think he, he must be a good soul. <laughs> it takes nothing, right? It took nothing for you to ask him where he was headed. Yeah. That's the yep. lesson right there. That's it. This is a tip, actually. I have so many different things that I would say, but something that is just coming up after this conversation is, you know, how not to give an F about what other people think of you. Just remember that when you're, when you're going about your day and when you're doing things in your life, when you're thinking about creating a business, maybe, or changing a career, or ending a relationship or what not having children or having children or whatever it may be for you going back to school when you're 50, who cares when anybody thinks, you know, even your own self, who cares what you think, just do it. You know, if something is feeling called to you, just do it. 
Well, that was just a lovely conversation. Thank you to Michelle for telling me her stories and for letting me get to know her a little better. I'm actually going to be on Michelle's podcast. It's called the Move Forward Podcast, and I'll let you know when it's out. You can find more on Michelle at themichellewolf.com and on her Instagram at themichellewolf. And you can find her activewear clothing line at movelife, that's M-U-V-E life.com. She's got some beautiful pieces, so I would encourage you to check it out. This episode was brought to you by One Department. One Department Entertainment Services is a multi-service film and practical entertainment production house. They're based in Ottawa, and they're making super cool stuff. In fact, I hope to one day produce for them. Hopefully they're listening. Hi, Shane and Meg. But for real, they make holiday movies and horror films, which is pretty awesome in itself. And they have a really keen eye for helping things come to life and helping creators realize their vision. Check them out at onedepartment.com. That's it. I cannot believe that we are already in November, but I probably say that at the start of every new month. Seven more episodes until Christmas. Yep, I said that. You can find me at this is it actually on Instagram and at Jenny Besworth on Twitter, though I totally suck at Twitter. Someone tell me how to get better. Okay, have a lovely day. Now go say something nice to someone. This is it, actually. Take a sip and grab a seat, cause this is it.